Alright, hey, hi. Welcome to wet welcome to the the wet wobe wake brown. <laughs> almost, almost got it. I like we started out with the introduction and then I stumbled over my like normal podcast hosts would like would like trip over the introduction of the podcast five seconds in and be like, now we're resetting. Like, let's do another take. But not here. Not today. We not today. you know what? We prize authenticity here. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. It has nothing to do with anything else. It's definitely just that we want the authentic experience. It, it's definitely not that I'm trying to I'm trying to finish a uh, a Zelda multi world randomizer that I started with Jesse last night. Oh yeah. How's it going? Um, Jesse's basically wrapping up dungeons, and neither one of us have boots, <laughs> which is wild because we both need to do Desert Palace, and neither one of us can. <laughs> So how does multi-world work then overall? Yeah, so if you're familiar with a randomizer where essentially they shuffle the uh, the location of the items in each um in each like treasure location, there's like 218 of them I think. Um oh. a like in the in the game overall. Yeah. The um the multi-world randomizer shuffles items over multiple games into multiple games. So Jesse and I are playing together and I have some of her items in my game and she yeah. has some of she has some of my items in her game. So it essentially takes the uh it essentially takes the entire item pool of 218 items or so mm -hmm. and um turns that into a 436 item pool and then splits them between both of our games so so many so many rupees and it's like obviously so there's just like two of everything right so i can find like a you know i can find the bow but it could be my bow or her bow right <laughs> yeah and if it's her bow like the the uh, the emulators are connected over the internet, so it just like automatically sends it to her game, and she just gets it. She just gets it instantly, which is like crazy, <laughs> super future cool. <laughs> yeah, it really is. So Does, the, the situation that I'm in now, because I've played this a zillion times and Jesse's played it like five times. That, that's what I was going to ask: is is does it does it feel like you're helping guide her through stuff? Yeah. Oh, well, and there were points we streamed it last night. Um, oh, and um, there were points where I just had to put mine on be right back and just kind of point things out to her. She's getting through OK, but there are like she's going through the same thing that I went through when I first started playing randomizer, which is like not knowing that there are certain item locations in certain places. Right. Sure. There are there are treasures where if you play vanilla you may have never seen certain rooms because there's no reason to go in them because you'll go in them and it's like five rupees, three bombs, ten arrows, one heart. <laughs> Not like a heart container or heart piece, just like a, right, a single, right, just a single, heart. just a single heart, like a health, a health refill. Um, and there's a bunch of locations like that, that in the in the vanilla game are completely pointless and in randomizer become like the most important places on the entire map because it is a 
Normally, it's a collection of five treasures that don't have anything in them. Yeah. But now it's a collection of five treasures in one place that could have anything. So it, it changes <laughs> things up significantly. Yeah, that makes um, sense. But essentially, I am in... I am basically sitting here. I have checked... Um, let me see. It, we, have a, we have a tracker. Uh, I'm sorry. There are 216 locations, not 218. I misspoke. Um, I have checked 200 of those 216 locations and literally um. cannot access the others. <laughs> so the I am waiting. I have like every single item in the game, practically, except for the damn boots. Oh, my God. And I am just waiting on the boots so I can get the last few items and finish the game. And it's it at this point has to be somewhere in her game. <laughs> and we did. We just have to see where it is. So she is currently in the other room fighting her way through Turtle Rock. <laughs> and I am just I like, it's like the last the absolute last chest. I, it's at this point, she's checked one hundred and sixty eight. She has checked one hundred and sixty eight of two hundred sixteen chests. So there are less than 50 left in the game and literally 20 of them are in Ganon's tower, which she can't <laughs> access until she finishes these things anyway. So it can't be there. <laughs> so it's it, like it's been independent of it being a multi-world, which I've never done before. I've seen people do it and I understood like the 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 basis of it and how it works. But right. like I've never actually done it. Yeah, you, you um, so it's a, it's a new thing. experience for me. It's a doubly new experience for her. And um, on top of all that, it's been a, a brutally it's been a brutally mean seed. Oh, why? Oh, well, there's uh, to explain it without having to uh, go too deep into the logic. Sure. There's a lot of places that if you don't have certain items, you just like you can't finish it. And so it kind of doesn't really make a ton of sense to go in there just hunting for items. Right, because you can only open like five chests or something, and then you're like, oh, that was a waste of time. Or like two. And it's like, well, I'm going to get walled because I don't have like the lantern or the whatever. Yeah. And then I'm going to have to leave, so it's a waste of time. So on two different occasions, the item that she needed to clear the dungeon was actually in the dungeon. Oh, man. Okay. So it's like Palace of Darkness, which if you're not experienced and don't know how to literally blind clear a bunch of rooms. Sure. Um, like there's a bunch of rooms where you just have to feel around in the dark if you don't have the lantern. Yeah. If you don't know what you're looking for, that's going to be a little difficult. If you don't have a literal mental map of the of every room of every dark room in your head already, then you literally just have to. I mean, I guess you could, like, feel your way around until you get to it, but you're literally just lost in the dark. Yeah, you'd have to be, like, looking at a map from game FAQs or a strategy guide or something. And even then, like, trying to judge your movement when you literally can't even see your own sprite in the dark. Yeah, true, 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 true. Um, There's a a bunch of stuff about that that sucks. Um, So, there's, um... She's not doing any of those because she doesn't have, you know... She hasn't played it a zillion ridiculous times and doesn't have that mental map laid out. So we were like, I might as well not even bother doing Palace of Darkness because it's dark. Yeah, it's spooky. 
and you don't have any way to light your way. And there's only like a couple things you can check there. Well, have you guys been going? Did you guys do like the same checks at the same time so you can kind of walk her through what? Oh no, well, there, you that can't wouldn't work because you wouldn't have the same items. Yeah, you know? yeah, we can We don't have the same items, so we don't even have access to the same places at the same time. Even if right, we wanted right. to do it that way, we wouldn't be able to. Um, so yeah, it, like we were in a Discord call, which is funny because we were like two rooms away, but that's you know, yeah, rather than just yelling. Yeah, rather than yelling to the other room while we're both on stream. On our like we were on our own streams doing it at the same time, which was yeah. really fun. <laughs> yeah. Um Hey, Jesse just sent me three hundred rupees. There you go. I now can have you, like twenty one hundred rupees. So she's playing right now while you're She is doing playing this. right I am playing right now. Ah actually. Okay. We are both playing right now. Um Yeah, I am I am basically going through and just like I'm pretty sure none of the places that I've left have, uh, like, things for her. I think they're all basically just dungeon items. But I'm just kind of doing them because they are there. Okay. Because at this point, you might as well. At this point, like, you know, I'm at 200 of 216. We might as well just fill it out. Yeah, you know, you've come this far. But eventually, she's going to find my boots. And then I'm going to go through and I'm going to finish Desert Palace. And then we're going to have a we're going to be good. Everyone, everything's going to be happy. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's better. It's it's the first time I've done a multi-world. I I'm having a great time. She's having a great time, even though it took us literally overnight to do it. Uh, we've both talked about how we would like to. We will probably just finish this one and start up another one immediately. Yeah. So see where, it, you know, a, a reasonable seed gets you. Yeah. Well, and also just like if we can do it more in tandem where we're like where we're not uh, both on stream. Oh, I guess that's true. So we can we're... actually like communicate more and I can like, if I need to walk in the room and cause she, she would ask me for advice on like, Hey, am I in the right spot? And she would kind of describe the area and I'd be like, I think so. Yeah. But you probably can only do so much. Yeah. But I can't really be super, super sure without right. seeing it. So that there was a, sense. there was a lot of that. Um, but yeah, that was, um, we did that and, uh, I spent like most of my birthday figuring out how to set that up. <laughs> That's a good way to successfully. Yeah. Super worth. Um, well, especially if you've got some new, you know, kind of pastime thing that you guys like doing. <laughs> yeah. And we messed around a little bit with, uh, with link to the past, uh, randomizer. I want to say like last year, maybe the year before. Because she did one for Extra Life uh, a couple oh, years back. I kind of remember that. Yeah, I remember that a bit. And we were doing it quite a bit. She was having a lot of fun with it. And I was kind of sitting back and, and coaching and kind of pointing out where to go and where some of the checks are and teaching a couple of like mild speedrun tricks, stuff like sure. that. And, um, and we were having a really good time. And then she started traveling and I got busy and we just stopped doing it. But... It came up when we were like, hey, what are we going to do for a birthday stream? And we were both like, that actually sounds super fun. Let's do it. I mean, you'll and never say no to Zelda. It's yeah. This Zelda in particular. That's what, that's what I mean. This, yeah. this one has its hooks in me. They keep, you've played they keep it pulling times. me back in. <laughs> you've, you've played it once or twice. Once <laughs> or twice. I think she's fighting Trinax in the other room right now. <laughs> Oh, I hear explosions. I think we're in Trinex phase two. 
oh my god wait can can you hear what oh i can totally hear it through the headphones from the other room oh okay okay i thought i thought you could like you had i don't know somehow the multi-world let you see what they were doing oh no it does uh the only way i can sort of see what she's doing is in the sense of like i can um if she gets something that's in my game I immediately hold it up in my game and it mm-hmm. says like received from Jesse. Oh, she okay, did it. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so it's like it basically just interrupts whatever you're doing and puts you immediately into an I just opened a treasure chest animation. Sure. Which I imagine is funny sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it's a bit inconvenient because it's like you're you're like fighting a boss or something and then it's like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yesterday i killed agonim and while he was exploding i held up five bucks i was like yeah i got a blue rupee while he's like exploding in front of me it's great <laughs> i think that's the the thing i like about the the randomizers and the the emulators like that are just when really absurd things happen like the uh the one where you know where it switches after every you know it, oh the yeah the shuffler switching and stuff the shuffler like oh that's really cool to see love the shuffler but that sounds like a, a, a an enjoyable enjoyable evening and and now uh, afternoon yeah we literally left it on all night she was like i have to finish it and i'm like i know oh you can't can you save it yeah, honestly, like the OK, so the setup is a huge pain and very technical because you okay. got to set up like a whole server. And there's like I had to download like five different pieces of software to get the like one to generate the seed for the multi world. And there's one to get it to to get it to like launch a server and to like actually set up the language for the emulator to talk with the with the server and to and then there's the tracker and it was a bunch like i spent hours on it but once it's all set up you pretty much can just open the game and go oh okay so it's it's very front loaded with what you have to do but honestly not that bad at all once you're uh once you're into it i mean that's that's i feel like that's pretty standard right where it's where it's um stuff like that like like when you're setting up servers and things is where, where it's it's sometimes incredibly complicated to get it going but then once you know what you're doing and you have it going you're like oh that wasn't that wasn't so bad and then yeah. and then as long as it's set up smoothly mm-hmm. and it plays well and you don't have to you know troubleshoot a bunch of stuff so i suppose it's just kind of unique to each situation it's, it's not necessarily always the same i guess i just feel that way where something was super difficult to get going and then once it's going i'm like eh, it wasn't so bad but yeah. that might just be my <laughs> like my nature or something i don't know <laughs> no i get it it's like it's the it's the feeling of like there's a lot of things where like the installation is the hard part and then like once it's installed you basically just have it it's like a computer if you're building a computer that's hard turning on your computer is not hard sure you know yeah. so it's the same thing with this like setting it up to work properly was a lot of work now that it works properly, I can basically just turn it on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so well, that's awesome. That and uh, that and delicious hot pot was uh, was my birthday yesterday. Uh, the mm. only other thing that I want to talk to uh, talk about 
for basically my entire week, to be honest, is um, after suggesting that I might not and that I might drop it, um, I have finished, not only finished, but 100 percented Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope. Oh, what, what was the 100 percent aspect? There's collectibles in each stage. Oh, OK. And uh, and certain like side quests and missions and stuff that you that you have to do. Um, lots of lots of fetch quest busy work, but not so much that I didn't want to do it. Some of it is like some of it is basically like overworld puzzle type stuff. Yeah, I, I, I get lots that. of block I, pushing, you know, I, standard stuff. I I uh, cleared the first one 100 percent. It was I, I was excited to do it. I feel like I did, too. And it's not something I do very often, but it was a it was a relatively easy and rewarding hundred percent. Like I didn't I didn't hate it. Yeah, I, I remember I, I just was having a lot of fun. I was like, oh, that's so cool. And then I tweeted out like, oh, I did it or whatever. I don't know. And then the Ubisoft <laughs> people were like, oh, wow, that's so cool. Good work. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's weird. I didn't really mean for the Ubisoft social media team to retweet my tweet or whatever. <laughs> I mean, because I was just testing out the like I it was the first one of the it was probably the first time I used the switch tweeting. Oh, thing. you used like the onboard uh, social media thing. Yeah, because I just took a photo and then then it would tweet. I was like, oh, I'm going to try that. That's neat. Yeah. And yeah, it yeah. automatically added people. And so I guess they were tracking it because it was a new game. So the they're the right. Social media team was right. Yeah. Uh, now that I work in marketing and specifically work in marketing for video game companies, um, that makes a lot of sense. That's what we in the business refer to as low lift engagement. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You don't got to You don't got to do much. Yeah. Actually, you almost have to do nothing. You everyone <laughs> else does the work and then you just make them feel seen. Yeah. Yeah, because most people would be excited about. Oh, yeah. hey, look at that. They did. Oh, it. I got retweeted by the company. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was like, oh, I don't want to tweet anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would honestly like that's kind of similar to my feeling about it. A lot of times is like, oh, man, I I I I tweeted this out because like I was excited to do it, but I I didn't really want to be like acknowledged for it. (laughs) Yeah, I I was. So I don't I don't really know, I guess, why I brought it up in the first place, but like kind of hate this actually <laughs> oh yeah man. <sighs> humans are weird yeah just a you know just a little bit we're the, weird uh, people i've i've been playing a lot of um uh, theater rhythm still and mm. i downloaded the fitness boxing fist of the north star demo <laughs> oh my god yes <laughs> it's it's exactly what it sounds like it is, Good. but it's it's very it's v- apparently the the future is survived because exer- exercises thrived. <laughs> I mean, that where's is, the lie there? That is that is the uh, humanity was all destroyed, but then it's OK because because people started to exercise and punch each other. If you look at Kenshiro, you will see that that is true. Yeah, I mean, everyone in that art style clearly exercises quite yes. a lot yes excessively <laughs> it's all it, i mean it it's it's some rob liefeld the proportions are oh a little God. bit better 
but uh you know it is it is the the classic shonen we lift stuff mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. <laughs> do you even bro do you even lift yes we never stopped <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know if they're ever not lifting never don't be lifting but yeah, the game's fun. I don't know if I'll buy it for 50 bucks, but it's something I... If it was like $20, I would have bought it immediately because it's just dumb enough that it's fun to mess around with, you know, yeah, for I a couple it. of hours. But $50, eh, eh, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So if it was just the Fist of the North Star license, I would be like, oh, this is going to go on sale pretty quick because the other... Uh, the, the the Yakuza team developed Yeah, Lost one. Paradise. Like, that's down... That's always super cheap. But it's fitness boxing, which I the the company is the one behind the Nintendo ones, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. those never go on sale because it's a Nintendo company, right? Or it's a Nintendo second or third party or whatever uh, development team. So I think the lowest it's the the fitness boxing ever has been is <laughs> something dumb like uh, I don't know thirty five bucks. It, it, the first one has been around since the 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 Switch was released. I'm pretty sure, or at least close to it. Speaking of, uh, speaking of, like, Nintendo discounting things, I got real upset last week. Oh, why is that? Uh, because I got an email from Nintendo a few days ago. It's like, hey, happy birthday! It's your birthday! Celebrate your birthday! With, uh, 15% off in our shop. And I'm like, okay. So I still (laughs) haven't spent the $50 gift card that I got long story short basically from work yeah um you sent me a couple and then i got another gift card from work because they send they send out gift cards for uh work anniversaries and for your birthday oh cool and mine were like a month apart from each other so i'm like and i was still thinking about the uh the vouchers Mm -hmm. yeah i mean they're good deals yeah they basically like would you like to spend a hundred dollars to get two $60 $60 games. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or yes. $170 game. If you're oh, that's Zelda. true. I didn't think about that. I forgot that's coming out at 70. Mm-hmm. wonder if it'll be included. It is. I bought it already. Oh, like I used one of my vouchers for it. Okay. Good work. Um, so yeah, then I get a thing that's like, Hey, it's your birthday. Take 15% off in our store. And I'm like, yeah, so Oh my like, God, all these discounts. Like, can I apply the 15% discount to the voucher and get it for $85 and then pay for it all with gift cards and basically get two full price first party games for free? Sure. No, I doubt it. No, you can't, <laughs> but not for the reason you think. Oh, okay. Um, it's not because it's not because it's like, Oh, the discount doesn't apply to this. It's, you know, that would be too much. Which is what I was expecting. I was expecting it to just be like, oh, yeah, no, it's that would be crazy. We would take too much of a loss on that. You can't. That's basically like combining discounts. I wouldn't even be mad about that. Every retailer does that. Right. Sure. Um, No, it was actually just like the 15 percent off they were referring to was like the physical store with like plushies and equipment and stuff. Oh, oh, yeah, I, I got that on my birthday. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, where where it's at the Nintendo store, like yes. their website, but not the game yeah, store. Yeah, it's like, do you want to buy an eight inch Yoshi plushie for thirty five dollars? And it's like, no. Yeah. I don't. I want 
can I use the $15 voucher or discount for like the games? The games that you sell because you're as a game company? No, no, just just merch, huh? Some of their merch there is kind of neat. Some of it is. And some of them I actually would have probably gone for if I didn't already have a version of it, like the Joy-Con charger stands. Oh, yeah. Those are actually like those are actually functional and useful, and I would like them. But I have I have one already, so it's not really. They had a collection for uh, the Brewster stuff at Christmas. That was cool. Mm. I mean, I'm sure it's still around, but it was new then. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, that's my week. And I'm currently uh, I'm currently at 206 of 216 item checks. And am I think officially locked out of all the other ones. <laughs> until uh, until I randomly hold up a pair of boots on my screen because Jesse found them in her game one day. Well, I, well, I suppose one hour because you'll get it today. Yeah, she'll probably do it while we're while we're recording this podcast. Yeah. Does she know where to go? Uh, she yeah, she we, we're using a map tracker. Um, and so she knows where the remaining items actually are. Um, I've been trying to help her get through the dungeons and like, you know, give her some strategies on how to get through some some difficult things and make sure she doesn't miss any items. But um, we actually had to go back through. Luckily, this is a really robust tracker that tells you like how many items you've gotten in each location. So we got stuck for a minute because she thought she checked all the item locations. And then I was like, oh, wait, you can go back into, uh, you know, Swamp Palace and there's two item checks that you missed in there. And stuff like that. Mm, okay. So, you know, th- it's it's sort of weird how you can go back to play games that you've played before when they're different somehow. Like, so so there is a Diablo three season that started mm. last week and my friend and I were playing it and they added a bunch of new stuff. It's basically the last Diablo season before Diablo four comes out. Right. Makes that, sense. that I'll care about. I don't know if they're doing any more, but it's so fun what they added this season. I'm, I'm playing a class that's. Like, it's way too overpowered and broken, but it doesn't matter because it's the end of everything pretty much. And the the they added some be- like um, some new th- basically they're just buffs for your character that you can grind to get. And so we, we did all of that. And it's just been such a blast playing this game that I haven't thought about playing in a couple of years. Yeah. And it's like, you know, there's a nice there's a nice way to end Diablo three. I'm. Not that I needed it. Like I already. <laughs> it's one of those games that I've more than got my money's worth so to speak yeah like, yeah because i've spent you know i probably i'm gonna guess somewhere in the ballpark of two thousand hours playing diablo 3 in the mm-hmm. expansion so so it's nothing like that but it was sort of a yeah this is cool this will be a fun memory to have for for the uh for or, i don't know like the diablo 3 in 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 your back pocket kind of feeling you know yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i really like i've noticed that a lot of people have like a sort of fallback game like that one one or two games that like they don't play all the time but they can always always go back to and i think it's really cool and really important to have those types of games like no matter what you're doing no matter how much time passes there's that one game that you spend a lot of time with and if you want to pop it open and drop like anywhere from like 20 to several hundred hours in it just like (laughs) messing around with it after not playing for years like, it's still just fun to do. Like, it never, ever gets old. <laughs> and I think, like, I feel like everybody has a game like that. I know that um, 
Uh, Deliria goes back to No Man's Sky every time oh, there's sure. an update every yeah. few months. Um, you know, I can always fall back on Link to the Past. There's people for whom that game is like Skyrim. Um, you know, like everybody, everybody has that that one thing where it's like, I'm going to play that again. That sounds like a good time or I'm going to get back into <laughs> that for a little while. MMOs are big for that, too. You spend oh, a thousand sure. hours into it and then you're like, yeah, I think I've I think I'm done for now. But then, like, you know, an expansion comes out or an update or something. You come back six months later and it's like, hey, this is this is still fun. Or even like a couple of years later, there's sure, people, yeah. you know, there were people that dropped World of Warcraft for five years and then got back into it. Yeah, I mean, I I stopped playing Diablo 3 when Diablo 2 Remastered came out. So it's been like a year and a half, two years since I played D3. I was like, this is, this is fun. This is a mm. nice way to And I just like playing it when the seasons start, play for a week and then stop. Yeah. Speaking of uh, playing for playing when the season starts, um, still playing Marvel Snap. Last time I talked about it, I'm going to spend like one minute on this, but I just wanted to say um, last time I played, I kind of got into this doldrums of like, oh, I'm losing all the time because my deck's not working anymore. Yeah. Um, Kept playing, kept, you know, doing daily missions, going through the the uh, the card pool of unlocks. Got a couple that work really well with uh, with some concepts that I'm familiar with. Winning again. All right. It's it's kind of neat, actually. All uh, right. You could just get like one because the cards are so or the decks are so small. Every yeah. card actually has a lot of impact. So you get like one or two good cards where it's like, oh, that works really well with what I'm trying to do. I'll swap this thing out that doesn't work as well because this will be better. And all of a sudden, your entire your entire deck structure is changed. It's great. <laughs> it's so still, cool. So still fun, still fun. That's yeah, all I, mean, I that's... have for uh, that's all I have for for podcast part one. Uh, unless you want to take a question, or you have something else you'd like to talk about that you're doing this week. No, no, I'm I'm good. We can we can try not to um, pass out from G forces. <laughs> Well, let's take a question from Squ- from Swaggles first. Oh, all right, all right. Because we got we got a couple. Um, quick question. Cue the music. Swaggles would like to know: Are there any games where you're fascinated by the lore, but you dislike playing them? The example that Swaggles gives is Hollow Knight. Where he says the lore and the art style are absolutely fantastic, but the areas are so huge, I feel like it's a slog to try to get through. Even though I'm a big fan of Metroidvania games. You know, that's when I haven't had a chance to play yet. I, I have it sitting on PlayStation because it was free one month, but I just never played it. Mm. I, I don't know why. I have played it. It's very good. It is it is one of those games that I also looked at and I was like, oh, everyone says that's really good. And I'm sure it probably is. And I don't care. Um, <laughs> it wasn't yes. like even actively, I don't care. It was just like, oh, I should really play that sometime. But you say it and you don't really feel it. You know, sure. um, but I did end up playing it. Someone requested it. And then, like, I played it like a stream or two. And it's, it's a very solid sort of melee focused Metroidvania. It's very artsy. Um, yeah. Very, very pretty. Cool. Um, very good writing. Um, ironically, I am more likely and Hollow Knight is included here. I am more likely to have the exact opposite um, reaction where I love the gameplay and could not give a shit about the lore. 
Oh yeah, that's not surprising. Yeah, Hollow Knight is one of those games. Dark Souls is another. Dark Souls is almost like in the middle of that where I actually am fascinated by the lore, but not when I'm playing it. I like sometimes hearing other people talk about the lore and I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. But when I'm playing, I am like, hit the guy. I don't care. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to think of... I was My first thought was the, the Dark Souls kind of the whole universe like where i'm like oh that's cool i like the lore and i'm curious of how how it will play into the armored core stuff or if it does at all or oh, whatever yeah, yeah. like so that that's sort of fun to me mm -hmm. but I, I don't have that much fun playing those video games so that would probably be my i think that's i think that would be my answer yeah that's a good answer um i think if Sometimes. i were to answer the question honestly like in the way that it was asked um Oddly enough, Destiny. Destiny, like, I feel like has some good world building and some good story aspects to it. Um, I mostly played Destiny 1. And I mostly did it because Jesse and my brother-in-law were playing and I played with them. Yeah. Because um, it's, you know, it is a game that is a loosely connected thread of missions with very similar objectives followed by a bunch of missions that you do over and over and over and over and over and over and over again forever for loot treadmill. Sure. Um, and that's not really my style. And Destiny 1 has, like, basically no story at all and does a absolutely horrendous job of, um, of incorporating its lore as it is on an external website that the game links to. <laughs> like mass effect has a huge codex compendium of like every single aspect of every culture in the entire game and um honestly mass effect is a pretty good one also for like i didn't hate the gameplay but the lore and the lore and the world is way more interesting than the actual gameplay ever was <laughs> um but yeah like Destiny is like, well, we could have a compendium in game, but you know what people really want is to read all this stuff on a website. You want to know what that what that like the backstory of that enemy? Find it on the website. Here it is. Here's our compendium. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> but some of the stuff like actually was genuinely interesting when. When I actually saw it and my only thought was like, wow. I wish the game was more fun and that I actually like found this in a place that was more like diegetic to playing the game. Yeah. I, so what happens most of the time is that I just don't want to be bothered reading a bunch of stuff, even when yeah. I like it. Like, cause I, I love the elder scrolls lore. Like mm. it's so much fun to read it. And then to read the backstory of sometimes people coming up with it is a great time, but yeah. I don't, I don't really want to read it, but my, my, uh, my buddy Kyle, he loves reading it, so he just gives me the the highlights, and then I don't have to deal with reading it myself. I appreciate that's, that. See, that's the best for me, too. Like, the, the best thing is, like, you know what? What if... What if I could just, like, maybe play through the game or not? But also, I can watch, like, a Let's Play, and the Let's Play involves people, like actually talking through this lore as they play and then i can learn about that stuff and be like oh that's really interesting i'm really glad that i didn't have to be like confronted with five pages of text 
in the middle of my gameplay experience. Yeah, because I don't I can't remember the last time when I got a collectible that had story that I read it. I just yeah. don't care. Well, and it's especially like sometimes I will because sometimes I get really invested in the uh, in the world. Like I did it during Hi-Fi Rush, which is not like a deep and immersive story world. Mostly it's just the the text stuff is funny. Yeah. I'm and I'll read it if I've, it's funny. I've I've read I read it from time to time. But for the most part, I'm like a eh, like in uh oh, what was the open horizon? They, oh, the yeah. Whole, so much of that game had stuff hidden in collectibles. And I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm never going to know what this is about. I'm not reading, especially if it's like you open it up and there's a lot of text. I'm like, <laughs> no, <laughs> rolling like rolling back to uh, uh, Sparks of Hope. Right. Yeah. Um, That game has a huge compendium of, of stuff. It's uh, information on all the areas, all the characters, the enemies like, yeah, no. One of the things that you have to get for 100 percent is like encyclopedia entries on what all of those things are and what and who they are and what they what their things are. And given them, the story, given the writing quality and the rest of the game, I was like, hell no, I will collect it and never look at it. Yeah. <laughs> even even in uh, the Batman VR had a fun compendium of everything. And I looked at a few characters and I was like, yeah, I'm not reading the rest of this. And I love Batman. <laughs> like, I, I love the comics. I like reading the comics. But even when it when it's presented to me in that way, I'm not interested. Yeah. I read some of the ones in uh, Arkham Asylum. Yeah, yeah. Then, I, like, oh, yeah. There's another one. Yeah. But then like almost none of the ones in Arkham City. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because it just Where... gets to be too much. And unless you like unless you are intending to be a lore hound and that's what you're there for which more power to you if you are there's like that's super cool i just don't have the patience for it and even less so when i'm streaming because if i'm faced with this big like you know 300 word document of lore if i want to read it i'm reading it out loud says, says i was gonna say says the guy who who spent three hours reading the 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 one um <laughs> the one book in mist do you remember? Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> I forgot about the mist reading. God. I thought you were gonna say near because near has that whole near has that oh, whole the, um, like the whole chapter that's yeah that's the, book, the visual basically. novel chapter. Yeah, but that's that's that doesn't count because that's mind. like a novelty. Like you don't expect it to be there, and it's part of like the story somehow. Like it it it's I, and mist is a weird one because I suppose that's. To me, that book would – I could never get through a game like Miss because I wouldn't want to read that. Yeah. Like, I just wouldn't want to be bothered. Um, just before uh, just before the listeners get upset, Riven. <laughs> oh, Not Mist. Yeah. Riven. Oh, I technically right, yeah. haven't played Mist. No, I know. I Someday. Know. That's, I, I, that's, that's, that's very true. That's very true. I just – you know, I don't care, but someone will. Yeah. Well, I mean, being being accurate about the game we're talking about is perfectly reasonable. <laughs> no, that's true. But also also perfectly reasonable. They're the same video game. <laughs> now, now someone's angry. Now. <laughs> absolutely. Now someone is angry. Let's uh, let's get on to G lock before we make before we make any more enemies. Hey, before we get into uh, uh, G-Lock Radical Air, I don't remember what the name of it is. Something Air Lossal, Battle. 
loss of consciousness by G force is what. The, well, that's what G lock. Well, which which means. one did you play? Uh, arcade. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think it's G lock air battle. Air G lock air battle, but yeah, I don't know why I needed to put an extra, like, superlative on that. Um, I guess you could have played the Game Gear version. I guess I could have. <laughs> um, before we get into that, just announcing uh, right here and now, we'll be off next week. Uh, Tom is traveling, and I am busy, so. Uh, no podcast next week. I, I could try to arrange like a guest host or do something with Jesse, but I am trying to give myself permission to just take a week off when we're busy and we're busy. So we're taking a week off. We'll be back next week with a uh, question mark. So uh, the before, week after probably, yeah, I that, think. Yeah, should be. Uh -huh. <laughs> I mean, I can't think of any reason why we wouldn't be, but like, you never know. Um, so that image I just sent you is one arcade version of G-Lock. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And I feel like I've seen this before. Uh, you may or may not have. There's only like a couple hundred of them on the planet. Oh, that's um, interesting. Here is a video of somebody using it. And so if you're a, if you're listening to this, which you probably are. Uh, audio podcast say this so so you can google the sega r360 and you'll see the uh, arcade cabinet that dean is going to be watching a video oh, of in just a thousand moment. percent have not seen one of these before that's about, dope as yes, hell i was about to say wait till you see this video i don't think you've seen this before because i want to play this so bad um legit i just i i straight up just thought that it was going to be one of those things where like no. the seat kind of goes back and forth oh the seat goes back and forth because you need to be fully strapped into this thing it it has like a harness like you're on a roller coaster well yeah it needs to it's flipping all over the place going 360 and stuff it is r360 because you you just it's it's you are piloting the ship as you know as you do it and is man, it is like a total like you are just in like a gyroscope. Yeah, you are. You're you're that's exactly what it's like. And the guy in this video, there's at one point where he's upside down shooting stuff and he's just smiling ear to ear. It's like, yeah, how could you not be happy? About yeah, no, this? that's cool. Like there are <laughs> versions of like there are like versions of this now that don't that don't even get to this degree. Yeah, so I maybe, maybe if you've been like a, to like a modern arcade, you'll you'll see like there's a there's even like a Namco produced. They don't call it Ace Combat, but it's clearly Ace Combat. Even the UI is the same. Yeah. And it's just like it's a pod and you go in and like the whole interior is a screen. So you kind of have this like oh, immersive sure. like 360 thing, but it's not moving. <laughs> you don't need to sign a waiver before. Yeah. Using it. <laughs> no, that's really cool. Um, <laughs> that seems just so radical. So yeah, we played uh, we played G Lock Air Battle this week. Um, I played the arcade version of it on a Mame emulator, which I'll have you know, Mame emulators are a pain in the ass. So that took some time, but it was worth it. <laughs> and I believe you played the uh, the Sega Ages version, which I think is probably the same one. Yeah, because I just played the arcade one. I didn't play the Sega Ages version of it because I just felt like I wanted the I felt like I wanted the experience as if I was walking into an arcade and putting in quarters kind of like what we did a bunch of years ago when we were doing the Yakuza stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. And, and so I sort of wanted that kind of where it's like, OK, I'll spend four dollars on this or five bucks or whatever yeah. it is uh, and play the different game modes. And it's I, I had a blast. 
I don't I don't I remember. really did too. Like it's a very simple game and Definitely. I it so is, actually if anything you could compare it to like somewhere with somewhere in a a midway uh, a mid-tier between like Star Fox SNES and like the Top Gun NES game. Yeah. Well, what's what's what I thought was cool, so it started very basic because I started on beginner, right? So you don't even mm-hmm. get thrust and stuff, and there's not too much to worry about. Um, and then as you go up from medi- to medium and expert, expert's really rad because suddenly you can fly upside down and, like, go sideways and stuff. Like, there's way more... It felt way different than playing from beginner to expert, and I thought it was just going to be harder. But the fact that you get control over, like, I don't know. You can f- be doing an actual barrel roll as opposed to it being sort of a scripted barrel roll, which is how it is on easy, right, right, or beginner and intermediate, and where you're, you know, you're just flying your ship upside down. It's sweet. <laughs> I I'm really glad that you did that because that's a perspective I don't have. Ah, I played okay. on expert, thinking there wasn't going to be like I'm looking at it like an arcade game, right? Yeah. So like, what is the difference going to be on expert? Probably more stages and more difficult. Right. Yeah. And so the stages part is definitely more difficult and, and it's more difficult because there's more enemies and that kind of stuff. But also the control of your ship is different. Yeah, I did not expect that. So I wouldn't even have known that was the case. It makes sense sure, for something yeah. where you have like where, you know, control can be kind of touchy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it can be difficult if you're not used to like sort of um, sort of air simulator arcade style experiences like that, which in, I think, 1990, this game came out. Yeah, that sounds um, right. You wouldn't have been because there weren't very many of them like that. Like, yeah, I've played you... a ton of Ace Combat games, and now I kind of have like a feel for how these things go. But like at the time, Ace Combat wasn't a thing. So this would have been a relatively new experience. So it makes sense that they would kind of give you more limited or scripted movement options so that, so as to not get you confused mm-hmm. and then let you scale up. And it's really I, I love when difficulty levels are uniquely thought out. Yeah. Where it's like the, the OK expert now means you have more moves. You have more control over your character or over your airplane or whatever you're controlling. But you have to use it appropriately now. Like it's more difficult to control but also gives you more options. That's super cool. And I was already going to praise this game, but that's that makes it even better. Yeah, what what this game... So the, what's fun about the Ages one is that, you know how the, there's... Uh, one, one of the experiences that I appreciated that... Because I, I definitely... I know I played this in the arcade at least once. Mm-hmm. But... And if I... I don't remember... I don't have like a strong memory of playing this or if it was Afterburner or something i don't know i feel like there's a strong chance it was afterburner yeah i'm pretty sure that was, was a much too. more popular game by from what i understand well and it, it was in terminator 2 also uh it was, it was, there's a scene the only scene in the mall where where, where butt nick from uh salute your shorts <laughs> tries to see he like tries to stop the t-1000 like oh man i don't know where that guy is but anyways um because 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 john connor is playing afterburner i believe i see anyways um the 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 what one of the things the sega ages does is it has like the you know the wallpapers because the you don't you don't really want to stretch these out to be your whole screen because it's going to look ridiculous yeah true 
And so one of the wallpapers is the cabinet. Like if you were sitting in the seat looking at the cabinet and then the cabinet moves when you move your ship as if, you know, it felt like the not not the 361, but just like the the cabinet that most people would have played the game on where there's uh-huh. a little bit of movement back and forth. OK. And I loved it. Like I could feel myself moving with it. And I was I was curious. I was looking up. I looked up some reviews of the game and there's someone that was uh, probably our age talking about it, saying how, oh, this is cool when I play with the that like that particular wallpaper and it's moving. I move my head and it kind of feels like the arcade. Mm. But he said that his kids, when they play, they're like, oh, it's distracting. I really hate that. I want yeah, to, yeah, like, yeah. they wanted to turn it off. And I, I, I would not have guessed that, that that would have been a, a negative. Whereas me, it kind of pulled me into it. more like, yeah, this is fun. I yeah. love that this feels like a, it feels like that, that arcade, you know, cause it even has, it's like the photorealistic looking image too. So it's right. It's got all the things on there. Like, you know, during gay play, we'll push this button. We'll we'll stop the machine movements. Like if there's a problem or something like yeah, that, yeah. Like, you're, like like the emergency button mm-hmm. <laughs> or or the little sticker that says here's what beginner is, here's what medium is, here's what expert is, all that stuff. Sure, yeah. So I I, I don't know. I love I love those little touches. But what 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 the, the the feeling I had when playing it was, man, you Sega doesn't Sega gets so much crap from me through life yep. about it just <laughs> being like a whatever company. Like, mm-hmm. eh, it's just second fiddle to Nintendo in every way, right. shape and form. Like, there's nothing that Sega did that Nintendo didn't do better, you know? And right. I've, I've changed that. So my opinion of that so much over the last couple of years, having played the games again mm-hmm. and from a different perspective. And this is one of those games that's holy shit. They made this sweet arcade experience. They right? really I, did. I, I didn't think about that at all. Like, I never gave Sega that sort of appreciation for their arcade stuff. Right. Because it's not as big of a focus here. Like, even mm-hmm. if you spend a lot of time in arcades, like the Japanese arcade scene is just such a completely different animal. Yeah, yeah. And that's where Sega was. I mean, that's where Sega shined for a long time. They had yeah. all those Sega arcades and stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, and like discovering these things like G-Lock, I don't think ever really. I think you mentioned a Game Gear port, but like, <laughs> yeah, I think it I was think never really like a, a known quantity as like a home release where we probably would have been more likely to play it. Yeah. And I might not have even cared about it as a kid, but it's, it's not, I'm not, a, I'm not really big into the, 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 like the air fight kind of games. Mm-hmm. So I, I probably wouldn't have cared that much to be honest. Sure. But playing it as an arcade, it would have been, I would have liked it. It's like, Oh sweet. That was fun for five minutes or three minutes or whatever it is. And then you move on to the next arcade game, but I never would have associated it with Sega, even right, if Sega's right. branded all over it. Mm-hmm. You know, like Outrun. I never even thought about that. Right. I, I, I've I've played Outrun a bunch of times, but I legitimately never thought about it being a Sega property mm-hmm. until more recently in life. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, it's, it's I think that like, especially for things like that 360 cabinet and like Super Hang On has the. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Has the bike that leans either way and Outrun that, that was has one the of my car favorite arcades. And, yeah. yeah. I freaking loved Outrun and and uh super hang on and i and i would always be like oh sega sucks i, I never even like i don't know why that i don't know why that... when you say sega sucks you're thinking of like sonic and the genesis yeah and even then that's not fair because i have fun playing i don't know what it was i think it was you know what i think it was probably the whole us versus them sort of feeling well and even yeah. though i had a genesis and i liked my genesis it was like oh no the genesis has to be second fiddle because the, one has to be yeah. better than the other right the aftershocks of the console war bullshit well like that, that, that it definitely was a thing. Deep. i will still i will still like to this day 
because Jesse grew up more playing the Genesis. Sure. But also didn't like play as many games. So she has like, you know how I kind of have an attachment to like SNES Home Alone? <laughs> yeah. Because it was like just one of the games that I had. So I played it so much that it became like tolerable. <laughs> um, you, you she's got a couple so of games of- like that on the Genesis. And I will just be like, this game sucks. <laughs> and of course, I'm me. So I'm like, I'm playing it anyway. Yeah, you're like, I love this. And having and having a good time with it. But just like being like, this is so silly, this is goofy. Yeah. Why is this game so dumb? <laughs> but like the. Uh, but that's it's, like, that's what we think of. And we're not giving due credit to Sega being like super, super ambitious in the in the arcade space. I mean, for Christ's sake, they made a 360 gyroscope. I that's <laughs> like ridiculous. The, I, I can imagine it's super expensive. Yeah. Um, probably hella difficult to maintain. Oh yeah, and like imagine. probably a, a liability for arcade owners who were like, someone's gonna get killed, and I'm well, not, not gonna a cage have that around on me. it. Like some person could just be leaning on the machine, then it gets it starts spinning around. Yeah, like I mean, there, there, there's, this would not fly today. <laughs> Absolutely not. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really wasn't a pun. <laughs> or, I mean, it wasn't intended. <laughs> hey, you know, you know. Speaking of Home Alone, I don't know. Oh my what god, ended I up have happening. boots. I don't know what ended up happening in in the podcast last week, where we ended up going on a, a tangent of um, M- Mario Mario's color book adventure on on computer. That was did, great. I did not end up putting that into the final podcast, but I am going to like cut it out and make it like a different thing. <laughs> okay. I just that wanted is... to say that Home Alone, Home Alone is everywhere. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's you had brought it up and I just I just I needed to make sure that that was known that somehow Home Alone is even tied to Mario. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thanks to Manly and Associates. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. But we haven't no, actually talked about the, like, features of the game. We've talked about it, like, in... Oh, true. It's, like, it's impact. sort of, like, in se- in the in terms of, like, you know, Sega history. Yeah. But I think it's important to note, like, this felt a lot like playing an Ace Combat game, which, again, I've played a lot of. I really love those games. Um, it had... It had that feeling... And it had that feeling to it, and it predated that series by, like, close to, close to, um, I want to say, like, 10 years, I think. I think, like, 10 years. I think Ace, I think the first Air Combat came out in, like, the late 90s. So not quite a decade, yeah. but like, okay, but it feels like that template provided way earlier and it doesn't even feel that dated. The only thing that I would really say was a, a drawback, so to speak, is um, and I don't know if this followed for you because it might have also just been like my emulator settings. Uh, did it feel like it was really touchy? Like, uh, like you spun really, really quick. And oh, it was hard yeah. to do like fine movements. 
to it to yeah like if when i was playing expert i had a hard time in the canyon stage a really really hard time yeah (laughs) how much did that stage remind you of outrun Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Where suddenly you just feel like you have no control over the turn. You're like, huh? <laughs> yeah, and it's just like there's things like there's all these things zipping by on either side of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so I did not finish the. I don't even know if I finished the medium or the intermediate playthrough because the the Sega Ages. I think there's a setting that I could change so I could get more lives, but it will only let you use like a limited number of quarters. I was like, wow. It's really, really wow. bringing me back to my childhood. <laughs> Here's a dollar. After that, you're done. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Luckily, I had insert coin mapped to the select button, so I didn't. <laughs> and I, I like, I button. played, I, I played exclusively on expert because I was like, okay, I'm used to these kinds of games, and I'll pick it up quickly. Yeah. And I'm not oh, super yeah. interested in going through it like 800 times. So. <laughs> You you should you should boot up the beginner one just to see the restricted restrictiveness of what it feels like. Yeah, I probably it is will because that's interesting. And it'll only um, take a minute. Expert really does. Um, it, it honestly just becomes spam at a certain point. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it you can definitely feel the extent to which it's like, oh yeah, this, this is this is a quarter muncher. Yes, and I, I pretty much had to. Um, I don't know if this is a term that is. That is commonly used, but I'm going to coin the term. Um, I had to coin tank my way through uh, many of the many of the later expert stages. Yeah. Yeah. Because it really is just like it's hard to lock on to anything. It's hard to. It, it's It's hard to get anything going the way you want. Like you just kind of show up and die. The beginner, the beginner stages are fun. That's where I would have played anyways as a as a kid. I feel like I would have done beginner, finished it, then tried intermediate. And be like, oh, this is this is a little too hard. I'm going to play something else now, since you know, the, you're paying money per try. The, yeah. Um, the early stages on expert are not bad at all. Yeah, I got through. I think I got through. Stage six or seven or something like that, and then, and then my 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 <laughs> my parental allotted uh, <laughs> money ran out. <laughs> Sega Daddy said no more. Yeah, yeah, weird Sega ages. <laughs> it's arcade mode. How much mo- can I spend as much as I want? It's weird too because it says continue, but you can't go to yes. Like you're so. That's so silly. You're stuck on no. And I was like, really? (laughs) It felt bad. (laughs) Usually. So like, okay. I bought this. Okay. I I only paid $2 for it. So I kind of understand. (laughs) I can let me, let me try to explain the logic behind this. Right. So you bought the game, right? Normally. You you get the opposite of this. You get an old game that's particularly difficult and they're like, let's give you saves and save states and all this kind of stuff to make it easier for you to clear the game. But G-Lock is so short as an arcade game that if you just do what I did and coin tank your way through all of the stages and just like whatever, continue, 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 coin, 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 because it doesn't <laughs> yeah. cost you anything. You finish the game in like 30 minutes. How so much do you think you spent? I think it is. I think it. How do? How much do I think I spent? 
theoretically, if, you, um, if all those were. Are we assuming each of those are a quarter? You will just run with a quarter, even though this probably wasn't a quarter game. Um, if it's a if every if every play is a quarter, I'm gonna say probably. I don't know. It's a wide. It's a it's a yeah, wide yeah, range, you, you, but I'm gonna say like five a... to ten bucks. Oh, okay. That's that's not as bad as I would have guessed. I mean, I suppose it's a lot of money for thirty minutes of play, right? Uh, in in the nineteen in the nineties, the the nineteen ninety one or nineteen ninety or whatever it was. But it's honestly like good arcade pay, good arcade game pacing. Yeah, that's because that's I, I probably spent like maybe a dollar on the first like six or seven missions. That, yeah, exactly. Because I got I got through beginner with one or uh, two plays, like one the initial one and then one extra one. Yeah. And then I got most of intermediate with, I don't know, another two quarters. And then I was like, well, I'm going to stop for now. And then I came back to it because it's not a game that, you know, you, you know you're not going to want to play this for an hour and a half or two hours. It's it's a game you play for a bit, then boot up again later. Yeah, absolutely. Which I which I did do. I booted up like three times so, or so. So I could like, I want to play some more, try this out. And I, I'll probably go back and play the Sega Ages mode because I don't really know what that is. Like, I don't know what is added to it i think they've made lock on easier like there's like an auto lock on thing so once it's in your like the box then you can then you're already locked on oh interesting so you don't have to like wait for it to find the lock on fire 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 yeah (laughs) yeah the voices are goofy (laughs) i did like that i so i didn't expect there to be hey shoot the stuff on the ground too that was cool yeah like shoot the tanks or the buildings it's kind of a it's kind of a standard like mission type for um for like air combat games. Oh, okay. That shows you how little I've played of this this genre. But again, this being like basically one of the progenitors for it. Um yeah, I think Afterburner came out a few years before also by Sega. Uh so it makes sense that this would follow in that vein cuz I have, that game may or may not have had I don't even know if it had that kind of variety if you will yeah 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 blowing up Mm -hmm. i i honestly initially didn't really much care for the um i really much care for the uh the ground target missions oh they're less fun at (laughs) first (laughs) i thought they sucked okay Um, okay, yeah afterwards I kind of came around to them because I realized that with like one lock on, you were taking out like four ground targets. Yeah. Yeah. You, you shoot a whole bunch of missiles like that's cool. And also you can pretty much just keep the guns on the whole time. Yep. 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 Which is nice. Um, a lot of air combat games like like Ace Combat, you like your guns are practically unlimited, but they still will run out eventually. Um, okay. Some other games like every like games handle it differently um some games you have a limited supply it's just a lot like it's like you have like a thousand or something like that and it's basically just to you know it's basically just to discourage you from literally keeping the gun button on all the times like all the time like it's gradius or something not in this game you hold that sucker down you hold it down (laughs) um i mean sometimes it doesn't even feel like you're hitting the the enemy ships anyways even though they're definitely in your 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 spray of bullet fire <laughs> yeah yeah like actually aiming them is really frustrating 
it's um, so it it does the feel missile, like an arcade like game. once you get the lock on it's done like oh, yeah. that is yep. that is a hit the game is definitely balanced around missiles yeah um and, and, and there's and ace combat is not like that ace combat is a game where like you can lock on to an enemy and then they will they can evade the missile so a lot of the a lot of the combat in that game is based around that being a mechanic or you have to not only you have to not only lock onto them but lock onto them when they're like flying at a particular angle where they're not likely to be able to shake off your missile sure that is a that is a consideration um yeah that that seems too complicated for this (laughs) for this era of arcade experience yeah no this one is lock on shoot you win (laughs) that's a hit um i noticed something kind of funny um so the the crash animations are like off the charts like they're <laughs> they're so good for like a game from you know more than 30 years ago they look great but i noticed and this may be a coincidence it honestly kind of seems like in the later uh in the later stages it feels like those animations take a little bit longer than oh, they do earlier on. Because, well, yeah, or, or there's like different ones. Like the, there's one where if you you pop um, open the parachute. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I was like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, oh, that killed like seven or eight seconds. Yeah, it did. <laughs> and like it's different from uh, it's different from like normal arcade games you can die as many times as you want i guess it's more like outrun in this sense like you can die as many times as you want but it takes down that timer yep once you run out of time that's your game over yeah i mean because like once you get to, if you really want to beat outrun you can't die you, yeah. you effectively have to do it on a single credit yeah and so i imagine that's i i the i so watching someone play outrun at a high skill level is not that entertaining because <laughs> it just like, looks like driving right watching someone play this on expert i feel like would be kind of cool i it's like i agree wholeheartedly just to see what it'd be I like bet it's I, rad as hell i feel like it'd be really fun to see not that this probably i mean maybe it exists somewhere but i would like to see someone do it on expert with like one credit in that that super arcade machine <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, that would be that would be incredible to watch, but I feel like impossible to find. <laughs> yeah, it might be might be a little too niche. <laughs> I dig it, though. I would 100 percent watch that. So I think ultimately. Just like any like like a good arcade experience it's worth checking out. Yeah. I don't know. So it was on the Sega Ages on the Switch. It was on sale for I want to say it was like two dollars and 20 cents or something like that. OK. And that seems perfectly reasonable. That seems like point. the right price. Right. Because that's that's the kind of price you'd want to, you know, you, you that you could spend that much money at the arcade pretty, pretty easily on it. Uh, the, the normal price is more like seven bucks. And you know what? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's that's I wouldn't spend seven dollars on this in the arcade. And that's that's what I feel like you got to compare it to, even though obviously it's not entirely fair since there's extras and stuff. But I don't I don't know. I didn't pay attention to it overall, though. It's cool. I, I, I would this it. would. This is this is absolutely a game that I would have played in the arcade. Like, dude, you got to check this out. Let's go. I had like multiple like actual wow moments. Yeah. Yeah. Like the word wow came out of my mouth while I was playing. Oh, so the the first time you get the so on, on beginner, the first time or maybe it was intermediate. 
I'm not sure where you have to do a barrel roll maneuver because like mm-hmm. the enemy ship is coming up behind you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On so how you do a barrel roll on those is you go to the one side and then you quickly go to the other side and it does a barrel roll. Like okay. it does the whole barrel roll animation. And it yeah. felt really good. It felt yeah, so yeah, yeah. cool. And when when an expert it's it's I, it's different because you can have so much more control over the ship where I actually think it felt better in the easier mode, which is why I wanted you to try out, uh, which is why when we're done, you got to try out beginner. If, if you get time, because yeah, it's, it's I will kind, totally, it, I will totally do that. It feels really cool when you do the barrel roll in that mode to evade the ship. Cause it's, it's, I, I suppose it's worse in some ways in terms of your control, but it just feels good. Yeah. 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 So that's no, nice I get it. Different modes and all that stuff. Yeah, I have no idea what music you're going to be using. Oh, I I might just sub in Ace Combat music because <laughs> we'll it's so run. similar and Ace Combat <laughs> music is so good. Yeah, I truly don't remember what the sound was. I don't. Why. Is there is there music? Is there, is there music in this game? <laughs> I don't know if there's music. I'm going to assume there probably is. Um, I don't know. It'll be a surprise to both of us. Yeah, and you, the listeners. Yes right now now 